This is the Lucy Beatrix Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. On my show, I talk about all kinds of stuff from my past life as a fashion model on the cover of magazines to now running fast and far as a competitive athlete living here in New York City. But before I get into today's show, I want to invite you to come run with me in person this Thursday, January 13th at Fix NYC. This will be an easy recovery three-mile shuffle run that starts and ends at the Fix studio on 23rd Street. We'll have a bag drop and some snacks and drinks for afterwards so we can talk and hang out and use some of the facility that Fix has to offer in the way of recovery, including Normatec compression boots, the Theragun, and all kinds of cool stuff like that. You can register through the link in my bio. Also, I want to encourage you guys to check out my co-host of these weekly runs show. Her podcast is Allie, Run With Allie Live, and it's also on Apple iTunes. I was just a guest on her show, so go give it a listen and give her a subscribe slash like slash comment, whatever you do to show support. Okay, on to the, to the show today. Um, it is a catch-up show, meaning it is very, very low-key. I'm just checking in with you guys because it's a new year and a lot has happened since my last episode. And I just want to say thanks for coming back to the show. Um, I've been MIA this past month and a half since my last episode. I needed a little break. Lots been going down in my world. So I'm just going to fill you guys up to date on what's been happening because, hey, I have had a major race DNF. And if you don't know what DNF means, that means I did not finish my marathon race that I was training for. Um, I got dumped uh, basically the same time as my DNF. And uh, I've just been through a lot with recalibrating and figuring out who the heck I am in this community, where I stand, what my goals are. But hey, I've got really good news. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, and that is that I have a lot of exciting things that I'm focusing on in the new year. But Who really cares? Who cares what's going on in my world? At least I asked myself that just talking about it right now because there's a lot more than just what I'm up to. So I realized that. And if this episode isn't for you, you can go back and listen to some of my older episodes that are very training specific where I talk very, very specifically about how I broke 17 minutes in the 5K or broke 35 minutes in the 10K, things like that. You can go back and listen to episodes on training or um, coaching. But this episode's more just freestyling, talking about my life. So if you're interested, I guess keep listening. Um, So yeah, let me just fill you up to speed. Basically, I was training for this marathon CIM, which was the California International Marathon this past December. Um, I started training in the middle of October, where that's when I really decided that I was going to be working towards this specific marathon. Because up until that point, I didn't really have a race on the books. I didn't know with the pandemic what was going to be happening. And I wasn't registered for any of the majors like Boston or Chicago or um, New York. So I was focusing up until that point on coaching my athletes towards their marathons this fall. I had a few of my runners running the New York Marathon, and I was so excited to see them cross that finish line, hitting their time goals, and really embodying the fact that if you put your head down and do the work, you can do the thing. One of my athletes, Matt, he was working towards a sub 330 marathon and I watched him below that goal out of the water 
and really prove to me as a coach that, um, you know, if you really put the puzzle pieces together and log the workouts and are diligent and do the time trials leading up to the marathon, you can um, reach your goal. So it was really amazing to see him um, hit that time goal as well as a few of my other athletes. So yeah, this past fall was really focusing on my runners versus my own training. That said, I did decide that I wanted to put some of my training to the test, take my base and sharpen it up and give a stab at the marathon. But something deep inside of me did wonder if I really had it, the it factor. That is going after something as big as 26.2 miles at a competitive race pace. Because I've covered the distance on my own for fun. Obviously, during the pandemic, I ran 76 miles straight for fun one day on the track. I ran spontaneous marathons every other weekend. It was just something that I was doing just to have fun. I mean, one of those spontaneous marathons, I did, you know, a 325 just for fun on the track. And that was, that's how I killed time over the pandemic. But to do something more competitive and really go after like a, a competitive race pace for the marathon takes a whole other it factor of training specifically. So I started to do that. Once I knew I was in CIM in the middle of October, I decided to start working on my long runs and workouts and think about what that elusive race pace could look like for the marathon. And based on my 10K, based on my half, I decided that that pace would be somewhere in the 610, 606 range because that's basically, you know, if I have a 117 half and you double that and add some time, it would put me within reach of like a 241, 240 marathon. That's kind of like, you know, a a typical way to do a race prediction is you take your half marathon time and then plug it into some calculator online. You'll figure out what your marathon, your projected marathon could be. So basing off of that, um, the 610, 606 pace, loose marathon goal race pace, I started logging my long runs and I would do these 20 something mile runs on the weekends where anywhere from 12 to 15 of those miles within the long run were at race pace. So I felt like I had a pretty good uh, grasp of what I could do out there at CIM. I think I logged like five or six of these 20-something mile runs where like a big chunk of those runs were at race pace. And I was pretty proud of myself to see that these, you know, within the long runs, I could do a significant amount of time at like a six flat, 606, six flat pace. So even faster than goal marathon pace, which made me think like maybe I can break 240 out there. I, I had some big hopes for myself. That said, we all know that the marathon has a lot of room for things to go wrong. And they did. Things went terribly wrong. (laughs) I did not do what I set out to do there in Sacramento. And I blame a lot of things. Firstly, um, I don't think I had my diet locked in. I was not feeling great leading up to the marathon. In fact, I actually think I felt very sick the couple days leading up to going out to California who knows, maybe I had COVID. Now that I look back and see how how the Omicron variant was spreading like crazy over Christmas, I wonder if maybe I was one of the first people to get that. Because um, I wasn't feeling well in the beginning of December. 
right before I head out to California. And that kind of carried on into the the week of the race. And but I, I tried to not think about it too much. I thought I was going a little crazy with the taper, but I just didn't feel right. Something felt off. And uh, sure enough, even the day before the race, I just like wondered where the spark was. It was like I couldn't conjure up this kind of excitement that was like, yeah, let's go attack this. I kind of felt flat. And I, I wonder if it has to do with a combination of diet, maybe I had COVID or some kind of flu mixed with just not sure where my head was at. Everything was kind of all over the place. And in my personal life, without getting into too many details, um, I went through a breakup pretty much the day after that race. Leading up to the race, the person I was dating said something that stuck out to me. This is someone, I mean, this was a very casual relationship. It wasn't that long, but he had said the night before the race um, that he couldn't wait for this race to be over because he was just saying how, you know, he was sick of how much I was talking about it. And so that that was the tone. <laughs> that was the tone of going into this whole feat was feeling kind of like, oh, like this marathon is both boring to the person I'm dating and it I just didn't have the spark that was making it about me going after something for myself. I think I was kind of putting putting too much of an emphasis on hoping that I was going to get this time goal to prove myself when really like I needed to make sure that I was doing it for me. So fast forward and it's the event. I'm at the race. Everything was pretty much fine. Like the weather was perfect. Everything seemed like it would have been, it would be the perfect setup for a perfect day. But when I got out there, you know, started running, I made sure to pace myself. I was holding back. I was probably clocking off the first few miles in the high 16, 6, 19, 615, because I was going to, the plan was to then start to chip away at the halfway point. Well, (laughs) right after the halfway point, I don't know what it was, but my legs just felt like, like lead. I was flat. Everything felt wrong. Um, I, you know, I, I didn't feel hydrated. Just everything was not right. And I thought, whoa, I still have 13 more miles to go like this. And uh, so I made it through another couple more miles at that point and decided to just call it to say, no, I'm just dropping out. And I, I wish I had more of a reason that was like other than I just wasn't feeling it, but I just wasn't feeling it. My heart was not there. It was a flat day. And then later on, you know, after I dropped out. I had a, my head was spinning. I mean, it was it was a really bad day. But that afternoon, I talked to another runner who was a very seasoned, respectable marathoner. And she said that sometimes you just don't have it. And I mean, yeah, that's I there was no spark. But I look back at the races that I've killed, like races that I've done really freaking well. And I go those times there was an edge. There was a chomping at the gates kind of feeling of like rearing to go I didn't have that and I really think that if I look back a lot of it has to do with just where my emotional headspace was my my emotions were all over the place because I feel like I was in too much of a proving myself mentality and when I needed to be in more of a doing this for myself without any care of what the outcome is because whenever I do something for myself with no care of what the outcome is that's when I do really well and like when I ran 3437 in the 10K, that was just like on a whim for fun, who cares what happens kind of a race. 
And I did that. And same with the 117 half. That was a race I entered last minute and just jumped in and didn't really know what I was doing there. And boom, 117. So that all said, I learned a little bit about whole how I have to go into these races. And I kind of think it was okay. I, I, you know, I just kind of like enjoyed it and was like, whatever. I didn't finish, but I'll live to fight another day and go after something else. And for a second, I thought I was going to go after another marathon. But then I recalibrated and thought, you know what? I think that 10K is speaking to me. Anywhere from the half to the 10K seems to be where I'm the sharpest and where I can really feel the strongest and the most excited. So that's what I'm going to focus on right now at this very moment. This could change. Who knows? Maybe I'll wake up and be like, yeah, another marathon. But until I feel that feeling, um, I'm just going to keep going with this desire to go after the 10K. And I think that like now... Now that I'm back in motion, training, keeping this base, I'm really excited about strength. I'm really excited about strength training. Like I did some strength work yesterday and I felt so good afterwards. I'm like, this is what I was missing. Having this mixed with having my diet a little bit more fine-tuned, that's going to get me to the starting line of my next race in the right mindset. So anyway, that all said, that's kind of what went down at my DNF. As soon as that race happened um, where I didn't do well, the the guy that was waiting for the race to be over um, broke up with me, which whatever, like who cares? He just was like, I don't want to date you. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, me neither. I don't want to date me either. Um, I'm going through a lot. So I didn't hold it against him. But that said, um, I learned a lot and I came back to New York and just recalibrated and refocused and instead put my creative energy to use and I'm putting out this amazing piece that I produced for Tracksmith's journal called Meter um, and it's the third piece that I've done for them. Um, I had done something where I wrote about one of my teammates who's training to be Armenia's first Olympic marathoner, Sarah Fountain. That was my last piece for them and then I did another piece about sobriety last year And this piece that's coming out, which I can't say too much about, is going to be amazing. And I'm so excited that with the energy that I use that I would have otherwise used towards training, I did um, cerebral exercises and put my writing, put my writing chops out there and put this story together. And I'm just really excited that sometimes when I don't have the running maybe dialed in, I can go to something else in my life that still has to do with running it's still writing for a running brand but making something else that doesn't have to do with um, a race but more of just uh, an exercise and a different part of my my one of my many um, talents I guess so yeah that was that was a good way to kind of get my head out of the whole DNF mindset was to focus on something else and I'm really really excited about that that was something that just was so fulfilling and rewarding and that's going to be coming out later this week after this podcast airs. And so, yeah, so basically a lot's been going down. Um, I'm back to single life in New York. (laughs) Story of my life, I guess. I'm kind of becoming this like, I don't even know. Um, (laughs) I've, I've been watching the Sex and the City reboot and I feel like the runner version of Carrie Bradshaw sometimes where I'm like, man, oh man, like the dating saga stuff. But 
you know, it's part of the story. It's part of why I live in New York. And I mean, I don't think I would change it because I have an amazing um, archive of experiences. And that said, I am very excited about March, like spring, spring racing season. I don't know which races are going to be the ones that I go for, but I do feel like it's going to be a really good season for me. And I, I feel strong now. So that's a good sign. So all in all, that's what I've been up to. If you're curious where I've been and if you're wondering why my show hasn't been updating, that's why. But I'm back now and it's a new season. I don't want to say new year, new me, but it's a new year and a new me. <laughs> um, yeah, so thank you so much for tuning in. It means the world to me. Please, if you live in New York, come to my run on Thursday. It'd be so fun to meet you in person. A lot of the people who come to my meetup run um, are from the podcast. So yeah, come and we'll talk. It's a party every time. So hopefully I'll see you there. Thanks for tuning in again. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Lucy Beatrix, L-U-C-I-E-B-E-A-T-R-I-X. And until next time, just be fast. Just win. <laughs> <laughs>